Hi, I'm Rena Grobe. And I'm Madhvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, the podcast for lazy but smart people. Every week we'll be discussing a different trend or topic so you can stay informed the easy way. So, Madhvi, what's the topic this week? This week, I am delighted to have with me Bruna Silva, who is here to inform us about the Brazilian elections. Bruna is a feminist, a Brazilian from Rio, and the founder of International Women in Berlin, one of the biggest women's communities in Berlin with over 30,000 members. A couple of weeks ago, she voted in the Brazilian election here in Berlin. And the result of that vote was that neither of the two main candidates, that is the current president, who is Bolsonaro, and his opponent, Lula, were able to win more than 50% of the vote. So this means that there has to be a second round of voting, and that will take place on October the 30th. And this election is really important, not only for the 216 million people living in Brazil, And of course, for Brazilians abroad, like Bruna, it's also an important election for the entire world. So I'm really, really grateful that Bruna is here with us today, or with me today, Bruna's not here, to give us some context about it. Welcome, Bruna. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for the introduction. Yeah, I just want to say, first of all, I'm not like a political scientist, so, you know, I'm just a normal person. I read the news and I try to, you know, just get updated with what happens in my country. But sometimes I kind of have to put some boundaries to respect my mental health. (laughs) Because the last four years for Brazilians, they were not easy, not easy at all. And speaking of that, I would love to dedicate this episode to all the lives lost due COVID and Bolsonaro in Brazil. Yeah, he famously had a very, very bad response to COVID and it really cost a lot of lives in Brazil. And I think the Supreme Court, are they taking him to court now for endangering lives? Yeah, about that, I think Mm -hmm. that nobody's really sure about that because Mm -hmm. I think that right now everybody's energy is kind of focused on the election. Mm -hmm. The thing is that if he doesn't win and let's really cross all our fingers that he won't win, then yes, then at some point, I think that everybody, you know, including Lula, they will try to put him in jail. And that's where he needs to be, not only because of corruption, but definitely because he killed a lot of Brazilians. He has blood in his hands. I don't know how not to say that, but yes, he didn't kill them with a gun or something, but with his corruption scheme about the vaccines, the result was definitely the death of thousands and thousands of Brazilians. Like those people, they didn't need to die. And to think about that hurts me so much. And I think that hurts anybody that has, you know, a heart that's not a psychopath. That really makes me pissed off. Just think that those people, they did not need to die. Yeah, just for people who uh, don't know, Bolsonaro didn't buy the vaccines and then he went for an unapproved vaccine one from india and then they overpaid for it way too much and then it was shown that i think about 45 million of you know this transaction went to an account in singapore 
Yeah, which is total corruption. And he also spread a lot of misinformation about COVID as well on YouTube and was taken down from a lot of social media platforms. He said ridiculous things like, a Brazilian man can jump into a sewage and nothing will happen. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. He also said that if you took the vaccine, because he's very against the vaccine, he said that you can turn into a crocodile. What the yes. fuck? So just for people who don't really know that much about these four years and Bolsonaro, what are the things, the effects of this government that you've felt or your families have felt that has been a result of this presidency? Okay, I already told you that I might cry in this episode. I hope it's fine for everybody that is listening. I have no problem crying. I'm just saying that because sometimes people get a bit uncomfortable. But for me, it's very hard to talk about what happened in my fucking beloved country in this last year. Like, Brazil has so much potential and, and it's just very sad what is still happening. God, I'm still like <laughs> bursting my eyes out. But anyway... And what happened? I think that it's important even to talk a bit about his propaganda before 2018 because he got in power in this year. So Bolsonaro, he was spreading fake news. He was really following the leads from Trump and what is the name of that guy? Bro Boris Johnson? No, oh, oh. Johnson as well, but the one helping Trump's marketing. From oh, Brightbird. From Brightbird, that guy. We should definitely forget his name. Those names, they should be forgotten in history, in a way. But, you know, that guy. <laughs> that rotten piece of shit. But anyway, so he was following all those right-wing paths from the US. Because also Brazil, historically, has been very influenced by the US because the US, you know, they put a lot of dictatorships in Latin America because they were very, very afraid that we would become a huge Cuba. That means that we also had a lot of fake news. Mm -hmm. But there were also some true news in the sense that he, for example, this is one of the things that I saw and I was like, I would never vote for this guy. Like, doesn't matter what he does. For example, I don't know if you saw this video, but he was talking to somebody from the government, which was a woman. They were kind of having a heated discussion. I don't remember what was it about. But first of all, he pushed her. There is a video of that. He pushed her and he said, I will never rape you because you're too ugly. You don't deserve it. Can you imagine that? There are videos of that and people still vote for this guy. Mm. Yeah, this is only one of the things. So anyway, as I was saying, those things, they were all happening before he was elected. And funny enough, <laughs> that was kind of, you know, working in favor for him. And now he's our president. And now that he's our president, he's doing a lot of things that he said that he will do, which is crazy because they are not good things. They said that he will take protected land from indigenous people he said that people would have easier access to guns well he also said that the economy was going to be better that's not happening people in brazil they're starving something that wasn't really happening that heavily since you know lula's government people say that maybe the people are getting more employed but i don't think that's entirely true because there are a lot of people who are becoming uber drivers or you know mm. delivery people mm. so yes they have a job but which kind of job do they have do they have a workers rights no they don't because bolsonaro is also very against those things 
And yes, he's just like the devil in a way. <laughs> so everything that you think, he, not only he, but people around him. And I don't know if a lot of people from outside of Brazil, they know that, but he has three, four sons and they're mm. all in politics mm. and they're always super voted. They're kind of like very bad Kardashians, Brazilian Kardashians in a way. Not that the Kardashians are entirely good, but anyway, you got the you got mm -hmm. the, the meaning. There's just a lot of people surrounding Bolsonaro that those people are just evil. And they're evil because they're very conservative. And we, if we talk about conservatism, you know, they're always saying, oh, we do everything to support family, the real family, and support God, and all those bullshits that you know that they're just saying that. Ah, oh, makes mm -hmm. me so annoyed because there is this expression in Portuguese, like, cidadão de bem, it's kind of like the good citizen, that he's pro-family, pro-God. But we all know that those people, they have guns, they hit their wives, they cheat on them, and they're very against abortion but we all know that they have mistresses and they all do abortions when they need like all this hypocrisy this is like the base of brazil in a way i hate to say that or at least those people thank god me and my friends we are like in the opposite side which is terrible because it's definitely one of the reasons that made us immigrate and i'm pretty sure that nobody actually wants to leave brazil because i mean i'm from rio it's definitely one of the best cities that I have ever been. It's so amazing. People are so nice in general. Yeah, like, can party, eat very well. I don't know. I'm biased. <laughs> I fucking love my city. So it's crazy because a lot of people left Brazil in those four years, which is very, very sad for me because the people who left, including myself, I left way before, but everybody that leaves Brazil, it's because they have some kind of privilege. And if us, privileged people, we are out of Brazil, who is going to be there to help Brazil to, you mm. know, prosper? Of course, there are tons of good people in Brazil, but it makes me a bit sad sometimes that I'm not there. I definitely want to contribute more to Brazil in the future, but yeah. There's one thing that I think is really important, which you said about he took away the power over a lot of land from the indigenous communities. He put it into the Ministry of Agriculture, I believe, mm. the control of this. And so all of the power of basically indigenous people in Brazil has gone. Do you want to talk about all the implications of yeah, this? Yes, this is one of the topics that I kind of put a barrier on my uh, mental health to not read that much about because that really depressed me. Fun fact, when Bolsonaro was elected, I was in Bahia. I was in the south of Bahia. And I remember I was with indigenous people and they told us, they told the group that I was in, they told us like, this guy is coming to power, they're going to kill us, we need your help, we need you big city people to, you know, support us, be with us, we ask for help because we need you. And when I heard that, you know, you kind of don't want to, you kind of don't want to believe that. I, I wasn't kind of denial. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be tough, but maybe not that tough. <laughs> like, so many people were killed. Again, not directly because of Bolsonaro, in the sense that he wasn't with the gun, but people that support him. I mean, one of the reasons that he is making guns more accessible to people is because then these people in the center of Brazil, they can just go into this native land and literally genocide everybody. Can you imagine that? This is happening. That's ha this happens. This happens. This happens a lot <laughs> in those four years. So this is happening because 
indigenous people, they protect lands. They protect, for example, the Amazon. And the people that want to kill those people, they want to take over their land, it's because they are from the agriculture, but not like small agriculture farmers. They are like big corporations. And they want to take over this land because, you know, the more land that they have, the more they can produce soy, the more they can have cattle to sell meat. And, you know, it's soy that everybody in the world is eating. It's meat that everybody, including myself, not going to be, you know, hypocrite. But at the same time, agriculture is important to Brazil and to the world. But there are laws and rules in Brazil. And they still, they are there, those laws. And they, to be honest, they're good laws. But if nobody controls it, that's where the Minister of Agriculture comes in. Because to be honest, when Bolsonaro got into power, he actually just wants to dismantle this minister, which is crazy. So he had a lot of backlash. And then he put this guy, Ricardo Salles, which is like completely... Oh, don't even know what to say about him as well. Because... How can you put a guy that it's very pro burning the Amazons, you know, into the... Why is yeah. somebody pro burning the Amazons? Oh, he will never say like that. He will never say mm -hmm. that he's pro. I don't know if, I don't know if they are just lying or if they believe in the lies that they are telling. The thing is that all the measurements that they take, the consequences are very bad for indigenous people. And in the end, those criminals, because they are criminals, they get their guns, they go to the middle of Brazil, which is very far away from other big cities. They kill those people, and yeah, this is just happening. They're taking over the lands. So. Yeah, and indigenous people, they were always, always, since the Portuguese people got into Brazil, they were always silenced. They were always invisibilized. Can I say that? It's like, they're like invisible to Brazilians. It's, it's like they're kind of folklore, but they're not. They're there. Mm. There are still tribes, and, but they still have so few voice inside of Brazilian culture or Brazilian, even Brazilian government. Oh. But this is also important to the world because the more you burn the Amazon, for example, the more you have... More carbon. Yeah, then we have more climate change and stuff like that. And in the last four years, numbers tell us, you know, because there are satellites and there are satellites, not only Brazilian satellites, but from... European countries, the US, anybody can check pictures of Brazil before and after Bolsonaro. And you can mm. see that there yeah. are areas that are not and, there anymore. And areas like, I mean, just on a daily basis, you get reports of like, oh, is the area the size of New York State or something like mm. this? Like, And that's even like a small... <laughs> very know. big areas. Yeah. It's not yeah. like, because you can't even imagine the scale of this yeah. in a way. It's very difficult. Yeah. But yeah, you know, a lot of reports put it into this context and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. So you just touched on this briefly about indigenous people and Brazil just celebrated its 200th Independence Day. Can you talk to us a bit about the history of Brazil and colonialism and indigenous people and what role it has to play in politics today? Yes. Oh, I love talking about that. This is like my favorite topic because definitely... Bolsonaro is, in a way, <laughs> a product of colonialism. And it's crazy, isn't it crazy to think that, you know, things that happened 500 years ago still have an implication in our daily lives? I mean, it's also because it's not like it happened and then it was over and now we're here. But 
Things have been happening over and over through generations. And I have the feeling that in the last generations, minorities, they have more voice purely because of internet. And this is connected to the rise of Bolsonaro. But going a bit back, yeah, so Portuguese people came to Brazil over 500 years ago. They decimated the locals with diseases and also, you know, just shooting them, <laughs> taking their lands, erasing their culture, which is something that again, still happens. As I just said, indigenous people, they're very silenced in our culture. I remember when I was a kid, I, I thought that it's that thing. I thought that they were just costumes for us. I mean, I am 35 now. A lot of carnivals, I, I dressed up as indigenous person, which is crazy now thinking about it, you know. They also brought enslaved people from the African continent and in 1888, not because of popular pressure, but purely because of economical pressure, pressure from UK, Brazil set freedom for all the enslaved people. So now the thing is that, yes, obviously that should happen. And matter of fact, those people, they should never have been enslaved, obviously. The thing is that when they got their freedom, there were no policies about integrating them into society. So until today, black people and indigenous people, they have further, less rights and privileges than white people in Brazil. And when I talk about white people, maybe Americans will be like, oh, but all Brazilians, they are Latinos. They're not white. Like, no, they are white Latinos as well. But what I want to say is that, yeah, of course, that under constitution, everybody has the same rights. But in the daily life, we see that it's way different. And this is still today. Like, Brazil is a very racist country. is a very homophobic, very macho country. Those were also reasons why I left Brazil, unfortunately. And again... Coming to a couple of years ago, maybe 10 years ago, with internet and, I mean, Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, I know that those platforms, they have a lot of problems, but they definitely helped people, minorities, to come together. And they, yeah, they just started spreading the word of, about what was really wrong in the Brazilian society, because before, for a long time, before 2013... It was like Brazil was, quote, normal life. And the normal life, it, it was shit to a lot of people. But it was normal to the standard bourgeoisie, Brazilians, you know, white people. And I am considered white when I am in Brazil. Because, at least in Brazil, I can't talk about all Latin America. The, quote, color of your skin or your privileges. It's also very related to how you talk, how do you dress, where do you go, with whom you are, where do you work. Like, so all those things, they play a role into your, like, quote, color of the skin. Anyway, I know that I'm middle class. And my life and the life of most people, we weren't really talking about politics. But it's very segregated, our lives of poor people and poor people they are majority they're black people and most of those people they are in what we call suburbs but like kind of ghettos they are not very connected to cultural areas of the big cities they are very segregated so people are in very terrible how can you say life conditions and in the end they have a lot of anger and they also have a lot of generational trauma 
So they end up getting more violent and they, they gather in gangs. And yes, there are there is a violent uh, problem in Brazil or in my city, Rio. But yeah, again, it's all <laughs> because of colonialism. And then when enslaved people, they had their freedom. And again, no policies to connect them to society. So they are still today segregated. Yeah, this is terrible and this has to end. And when we people more from the left, progressive people, we started to talk about that, then the bourgeoisie or, you know, this white man, Brazilian, they started to be like, wait a minute, no, I don't want to, you know, given my privileges, you're wrong, this is me, 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 this is you making drama, it's not that bad, or come on, we cannot make jokes about those things anymore, you guys are so boring. Like this whole thing that I'm pretty sure... Like everyone, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's, it's the, the same, same thing, it's the same thing. And I know that these people are the one voting for Bolsonaro. Simple as that. That's how everything is connected. Yeah, that's so interesting. Also, just to add a note that in the government, even though I think I read a figure, I don't know how accurate it is, but they said like at least half of Brazil's population has some African mm. um, heritage in them. But then in the government, there is not one single black mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. But you were saying, yeah, these are the people that voted for Bolsonaro. But then a lot of people, a little bit surprisingly, since October the, the 2nd, voted for him like it was higher than was predicted. Yeah, I can see your face. Do you, want to, do you want to talk about your feelings when this came in? But also, like, why do you think this happened? Well, I don't know if people can hear my voice. I'm still a bit sick and I'm 100% sure that I got sick because of the elections, because of the results. Yes, there was a lot of hope inside of us. Because, for example, when I went to the electronic ballot box to vote in the embassy, Brazilian embassy here in Berlin, I saw so many people with the colors of the Labour Party, like dressed in red, and also much more people voted this time than the other elections. So I had a lot of hope. Also the polls saying that Lula was going to win with over 51%. When we left the embassy, we all had very high hopes. And also, we were getting the news from other countries around the world that Brazilians were voting heavily on on Lula. It seems that very few countries voted for Bolsonaro, the Brazilians in those, you know, the other Brazilians immigrants. Very few voted for Bolsonaro. Not very few, but, you know, Lula definitely won in most countries. So we kind of had hope. But the thing is that we are five hours in front of Brazil. So when Brazil started to count the votes, our humor just went like down and down and down. It was so bad. And everybody was asking what happened. The preliminary polls. Were you watching it together? Yeah, with Brazilians. I was like in a party full of Brazilians. Because you were expecting that Lula would win. I remember when this happened with Clinton and uh, Trump and people were like, during Clinton parties just because she's a woman, right? Mm. And then, like, you saw the same thing. You were like, oh, interesting. (laughs) It's it's devastating. It's devastating, yeah. It was pretty devastating. It was terrible. People say that it seems that, yes, you know, people can change their votes in the last minute, and a lot of people have the tendency to do that, especially women. And that's actually a good point, because especially for this second round, 
I think that we should focus a lot on women because, again, Brazil is such a macho country that heavily men are voting for Bolsonaro. I almost said Trump, <laughs> which also happens Same in the US. <laughs> and there is this thing of the men influencing who the woman is going to vote. So this is very bad. And also, again, not only women, but people in general, at least in Brazil, they have the tendency to pick up their candidate in the last minute. So you you put those things together and a lot of women will vote for Bolsonaro. So we think that this is something that maybe happened. The other is that people that vote for Bolsonaro, they're fucking cowards. So they didn't want to say in the researchers that they want to vote for Bolsonaro because in those four years, definitely... It's not as much accepted for you to vote for Bolsonaro mm. than it was before. Yeah. Those are two things. Maybe there are other factors. Mm. But again, another fun fact for everybody that is listening. You ladies, you know, wanted to talk to me <laughs> in the week that the elections happened. But I was like, I can't really talk much about it because I am in denial. I'm very sad. And I definitely didn't read much more about that because I'm still exhausted. I am rethinking about my whole relationship with my country because in these four years, I was like, okay, they voted for Bolsonaro, but now they're going to see that this guy is terrible. Yay! Because obviously still, how many people? But still like over 50, 50 million people voted for Bolsonaro. I'm, I'm like, how? How can you vote for this monster? This guy is a monster. Like, I'm fine if people vote for, like, right wing or whatever. I understand that, you know, democracy, different opinion. But this guy is crossing a line of what is acceptable. He's non-ethical. You know, he's he's ah, he's the worst. He's really the worst. <laughs> I mean, it's not just Brazil, right? Like, we had, like, we, you know, we had Liana from, she was talking about the Philippines. And she was like... They're, they're voting for that guy, this old dynasty that's just, they're terrible people. And they voted for him. And she was really hopeful of the new person that, that they, they're going to vote in. She voted. And then the same thing happened. I come from England and the conservatives, which is just like, they yeah, keep on getting in. On? It's and, and they're not doing anything good. It's super frustrating. I really feel you. And I, I it's a big mystery how this keeps on happening. I do think these slogans, like he says, he keeps on saying like four years of no corruption. And you say that enough. <laughs> And I guess maybe people believe it or like it's about disinformation and who shouts the loudest. Because, like, yeah, like Liana was saying in the Philippines, like Facebook and these things have a lot to do with it because mm -hmm. it's not no longer traditional news sources. So that mm -hmm. has something to do with it. But I also did want to ask you about Lula because I don't actually know too much about Lula apart from he was former president mm -hmm. and then was convicted on corruption charges. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what mm -hmm. are your thoughts and feelings about yeah. about this? I think that right now, and I have said that to a lot of people, these elections, they're not like, quote, normal. Unfortunately, the goal of this election is definitely to take Bolsonaro out of power. And I personally, I would vote to anybody that it was against Bolsonaro. Like, if it was a cockroach, I would vote for the cockroach. <laughs> Seriously, like, a cockroach does more than this country because at least the cockroach is like part of the nature and it's like there you know okay going back so lula i have to say that yes there are like some kind of corruption scandals connected to him 
yeah, about that, there are a lot of different sources saying different things. So I personally, I am very confused about that. But what I can say is that, again, since colonialism, Brazil was never not corrupt. And I'm pretty sure that there is corruption in every kind of government, even like in Iceland or wherever. Different, you know, how can I say different? Levels? Yeah. But yes, unfortunately, it is a very hard problem for Brazil because... If you are a good politician, like corruption, something so established that if you're new and if you're, if you just want to do good things in the right way, the other politicians, they will gather against you. So they will never, for example, prove, approve uh, some laws that you're trying to pass. So this must be very frustrating. I mean, it's definitely frustrating for me. It's very tricky. So what I'm saying is that I am 100% sure that no Brazilian party it's like 100% non-corrupt I don't know much about how much uh, Lula knew about some schemes so yeah it's a tricky situation and I would love to have other options for Brazil presidential elections but this is what we have right now that being said Lula still is and will always be after he dies one of these leaderships at least in Latin America that will look at him and he will be like an icon for our history, Latin American history. The way that he speaks, he's very good. And yes, he's much more progressive than all the other candidates. A lot of people say that he's like extreme left or whatever. He's communist. He's fucking not a communist. Like, seriously, people who say that never read anything or not even the Wikipedia definition about what communism is. He seems to be, for me at least, and what I have read, more like central left. But I, I have seen Lula, I have seen him speak over and over, even here in, in Berlin, I went to this talk that he did once, and he knows how to speak, and there is something else that I love about Lula, is that in the first time in my life, he's the only one Brazilian politician or Brazilian candidate for presidency that talks about Latin America, and for me this is so huge, because I would love if Latin America would become a strong economical bloc, just like the EU. Because we have the fucking power to do that. We have the potential to do that. We are so full of resources. and You, you have know. everything we in Latin everything. America. Yes, really cry. everything. Also, yeah. all the food we eat comes from Latin America. Like tomatoes and potatoes and chilies. Like Coffee. everything. Yeah. You know, even hot originally. Guys. Like, yeah. Hot guys. <laughs> oh, girl. Hot, hot girls. Hot guys. Yeah. Hot mm-hmm. people. Yeah. yeah. It's not only hot, I can do a whole episode about that. It's not about like only being hot, but we know how we have something. have some mojo that I don't find in Europe. Okay, let's come back to it. Political things. Cadê a pegada, galera? Galera que não tem pegada. Sorry. What does that mean? I'll, I'll tell you later. So where did we... Gosh, now I'm thinking about hot guys. Yeah, but never fall in love with them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. As I said, they can be very much Yeah, we were talking about... Latin so... American resources. We have all the potential. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the thing is that I think it's the first presidential candidate that kind of speaks about Latin America in a whole. He And he also, he's very good in connecting to other presidents around the world. He does very good networking. And with that, you know, you can get more investors to Brazil, you know. 
there are so many other presidents or former leaders that love Lulov. He had good relationship with Merkel, for example, with Obama. He knows, you know, how to get his way. And I hope that he will get his way the second round. But yeah, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. And I'm, I am devastated to think that, you know what? Another fun fact. I voted. And when I voted, I started crying so much. Because when you're an immigrant here, I was constantly listening to news coming from Brazil. And they were always devastating news. So it was just accumulating because, you know, I can't really do much being here, you know. I don't even know if you can do much by leaving Brazil, but it, yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, when I voted this time, I pressed the one and I pressed the three, the members of Lula, and I started crying so much. I saw his picture and I started crying so much that they took me to the bathroom. <laughs> the people from the embassy, they took me to the bathroom. I couldn't move and they took me and I stayed there like five minutes just crying, sobbing and just, wow, it was a catharsis. Probably this will happen again, this the second round, but yeah. with you, more anger. <laughs> and you have to go back to the embassy and do it mm -hmm. all over again. Yeah, I'll do it. To bring it back to some positive notes, were you excited about any candidates that won on a constituent? Ah, oh, good. Yes. Oh my yeah. God, I'm so happy that you... Oh, girl, yeah, we need some happy news. Unfortunately, I think that, again, I was so in denial, so pissed off, sad, whatever you want to call it, desperate, that I didn't really read that much who won. But I definitely have like four names, at least, that they're huge. There is Guilherme Boulos in Sao Paulo. He's great. He's very like leftist, very progressive, very into housing issues, and we definitely need that. And I hope that Bolos, because he he has been in a path that it's kind of similar to Lula. Like Lula tried over and over. He tried for a couple of times to get the presidency until he got it. And Bolos, he's trying over and over to get more political power and also attention of the media, attention of people, and he's getting it. He was the most voted in Sao Paulo, I think. Speaking about Sao Paulo, there is also Erika Hilton. I love this woman so much. She's a trans woman and she came like from nothing. She went through prostitution. And now she's one of the best leaders that I have seen in Brazil. Again, the way that she talks and how clear her ideas are and how she connects things, you know, it's just, she's brilliant. And how does she... How is she received as a trans person? Well, I'm pretty sure that she she has a lot of hassles. I I can't really say that much. I don't really know much. I mean, the she way... must be really good because it's, yeah. a, it's a very big barrier mm -hmm. in any country, actually. Yeah, yeah. To be accepted. Yeah. yeah, this is a very good point. I would love to read more about that. I know that there is a, a documentary about the time that she started to make her propaganda. It's basically a cinematographer following three LGBTQI plus candidates. I think two of them get what they want and one doesn't. I really want to watch this documentary. Do you know what it's called? So, yeah, there is one on Netflix that is really good documentary. It's called The Edge of Democracy that basically shines a light on 
2013, yes, when Dilma, she was impeached, then everything started to, you know, just go downhill in Brazil. I think that's a very good documentary for people to watch. I mean, a lot of things are out of this documentary because there are so many nuances and details about Brazilian politicians. It's very complex sometimes, but it's really good. And I watched this documentary three times with different Brazilian groups and I cried all the time because I'm like, again, it's like, I know how Brazil is good, the potential, the people, you know, and what is that? What is that? Okay, so the name about this other movie is called Corpolitica, which is a mix of two words, politica and corpo. Corpo means body, so body politics, Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, and I can imagine that with this title, they are raising the question of those are LGBTQI plus bodies literally entering this white male body Mm. space Mm. and how does it happen? So yes, I'm very curious to watch that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And there's also another another trans woman. She's called Duda Salabert. She was very voted, just like Erika. There's also Sonia Guajajara. She was also voted, and she is an indigenous leadership. Actually, something good about this election is that definitely more indigenous people, they are getting more and more elected. Also, I think that there is something in Brazil because it's so racist that a lot of indigenous people or black people they tend to ignore this part of their lives and try to blend into the whiteness. So they change the way that they they dress, try to do something with their hair, you know, try mm. to, you know, follow some kind of white path. But now, every time that I go to Brazil, there's something that makes me very happy. I can see people embracing more and more their ancestry's culture, which is very funny for me because I did the 23 Me test. And I'm very Brazilian. <laughs> I'm basically like 60% Portuguese, 30% African, especially from Congo. And the rest is native Brazilian, especially like from the north of Brazil, but like northeast. Yeah, so I'm very Brazilian. Yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. But it's not a great story because <laughs> we're all... <laughs> Uh, children of rape yeah yeah oh, well a lot of therapy for us a lot of generational trauma i guess <laughs> that we have oh, to do i mean now we just have to do with that and now yeah i mean i think that for our ancestors we brazilians we really need to give voice to the native brazilians of today and also the black community of today those communities they still suffer so much and yes <sighs> yeah this has to end but when we vote for Bolsonaro this will just make things worse so yes Lula absolutely we need to also like it's crazy because during Lula's years we had a lot of social progress you know like definitely for everybody the life was better but again Brazil is so racist that it was better for example for Poor people, poor people were going to uh, Flughafen. How do you say that? Uh, airport? Airport. They were like traveling. They were like kind of starting to go to places that, you know, privileged people, they always had the access. Now that those people, they are putting their bodies there. People are like, what is that? Like, no, these people don't belong here. Lula had a great, great social measure that put a lot of poor people into universities and that pissed off so many people and still pisses off so many people 
But it's just that those people, they, they should go to university. They should have the rights of everybody. But historically speaking, they were so segregated. So this is kind of redoing the these issues, this, mm. the segregational issues. And to be honest, it's great that they have this kind of measurements because if I wasn't in university during this time, I wouldn't have black friends. And that's terrible to think about that. You know, it's very terrible to think about that. And it's great that I have black friends and I had more contact of people from other areas in Brazil or areas in Rio, like more poor areas or even rich areas, because then I can really understand what goes on. So, yeah, I'm very glad for that. I'm glad for this uh, Lula measurement. I went to university because of Lula, because... I could get a, a scholarship because one of his measurements. Otherwise, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't have gone to the university that I did. My sister, she spent one year abroad here in Germany, also because of the Labour Party measurements and those things. They don't happen anymore. So fingers crossed for Lula. And then there's one other worry that, like Bolsonaro, has been saying that if he loses the election, mm. he used to be in the military, and there's this kind of hint or a, um, a possibility of a military coup. Do you yeah. think that's a possibility? Girl, one problem at a time. I'm not going to think about that. <laughs> no, okay, fingers crossed everything's going to work out really yeah, well for okay. Brazil. Yeah. We'll all be with you and hoping mm. and sending all our thoughts and trying to sway everyone's votes. Yeah, um, I think Lula will win, but it's just that I'm still devastated with the last results and yeah. if he wins which yes we really hope it's not going to be that easy it's not going to be a huge difference which makes me very pissed off because again how people still vote for bolsonaro Boha. <laughs> <laughs> but to end each podcast we normally give like we suggest three things that our listeners can do this week to be a better person cry go to therapy eat sugar <laughs> <laughs> boom <laughs> done that was the fastest three things ever and really good three <laughs> things and if you're really interested in the brazilian elections next week we have an equally awesome brazilian woman on the podcast her name is andrea dip and she is an award-winning investigative journalist who is going to talk to us about the rise of evangelical fundamentalism in brazil and how it affects Brazilian politics, amongst other fascinating topics that she's addressed, such as violence against women and the consequences of mass incarceration in Brazil. So be sure to tune in for that. And thank you so much, Bruna, for giving us your take. And yeah, come on again to speak about International Women Berlin community, which is also the best community in Berlin to be part of. We will link to all of Bruna's links and her community in our newsletter. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Until next week, goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also help us by supporting us on Patreon for as little as four euro a month. Visit patreon.com slash misinformed. For links to all our sources and for our personal tips on what to watch and read, Subscribe to our weekly newsletter at misinformed.substack.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed or email us your feedback, requests, or just to say hi, misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.